This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. In the next 19 seconds, you could sell your home. Okay, it's, I mean, it's not going to sell your home, I mean, this, but it, you're going to take a big step toward getting it sold. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com and find an agent selected by my team, a professional who shares your values and speaks the truth. Sell your home fast and for the most money. Get moving at realestateagentsitrust.com. Best and brightest. Jay Severin here. Out of respect... It's the Friday edition, but there is a loss in the force. Did you, did you, have you felt the disturbance in the force? When there is a slaughter of our soldiers, and slaughter is what it was, and soldiers is who they are, our soldiers here. When a slaughter of our guys, not only the good guys, but the best guys, when a slaughter occurs, it's, you know, I don't feel right playing the, you know, the happy honky-tonk music at the top of the show. At the same time, it's Friday, and I know you, I know you want to relax, and I do too, but this is one of those days that I just feel the overwhelming urge to be respectful, not necessarily mournful, though certainly, uh, as I tweeted earlier, patriotic, i.e. real Americans, join by instinct and without question in automatic, authentic mourning for the loss of our heroes and our support for our police, our heroes, our soldiers here. You know, among the most bitter of ironies, derivative of last night, I think, in watching the video of the people screaming and running, when the shots were first fired, I it occurred to me, what were those people doing there? And who were they there to complain about? They were there to heap scorn on police officers, to call them racists, to call them killers. And yet, like that, like that, At the instant that something went bump in the night, right? At the instant that they felt themselves in danger, who did they expect to protect them and lay down their lives at that very instant? And again, or not again, because I haven't said it yet. They they were exercising their First Amendment rights. Bully. Good for them. I believe this dynamic is similar to my dear late father when he, when I was saying how I wanted to beat the life out of this kid uh, that, 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 that spit on and burned the American flag. 
And my father put his hand on mine. He was in the hospital at the time, and I was with him there. Uh, and 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 he said, uh, uh, James. Whenever he, I was James, whenever he was serious, uh, James. I don't like it, but it reminds me and gives me an opportunity to remember why I served and what I taught you. I am paraphrasing here. It was a long time ago, but that's essentially what he said to me. It gives me an opportunity to remember why I served, that even such an outrage as burning the American flag, stomping on it, spitting on it, setting it aflame, the fact that we allow that is what makes us great. And that's what I fought for, to protect you know, our rights, even that one. So... And, and and also by virtue of the fact that I still uh, make my living by way of the First Amendment, you know, I'm respectful of it to the max. Those people there last night were exercising their First Amendment rights and great, bully for them. But how bitter the irony and how definitive the evidence that they are intellectual weaklings and kind of pukes in general that at the they were there to heap scorn in, in any other case it would be libelous scorn they were there to to call the police racists and murderers and all the worst things you can say to someone who risked their lives for a living and a fairly meager one. And the instant life-threatening trouble broke out, who did they turn to? I mean, that night, those people who were there to heap libelous scorn on police officers, when they went home, if any of them last night heard a crash in the garage or, you know, somewhere in the apartment at 3 a.m., who did they call? No, not Ghostbusters. They called the uh, the the bloody, racist, killer cop pigs. That's who they called. Come, come protect me. Come take a bullet for me. But, again, in this irony is an illustration of what ultimately has made, has made, I'm choosing my tense carefully, as usual, has made us great. Will it continue to? That I don't know, and I'm a little concerned about. That's the preface. That is to say, your host wants you to know that while I mourn, I don't wish to be mournful. I don't wish to make you mournful. But at the very least, I'm not going to dance and play music. And I am going to proffer for you some facts and opinions. And I hope yours via 1-888-900-3393. And if cheap laughs are available, you know I will exploit that opportunity. And it's nothing to be ashamed of. 
Because after all, what these heroes died for and the others in the hospital are suffering for is, as my father said, a reminder of how great we as a people truly are because of what we tolerate, what we permit, what we indeed encourage among people who wish uh, to say the ugliest things. If you have anything ugly to say, you know, come to America. God knows everyone else has. But this is by way of saying, this was a slaughter. This was an assassination. This is to say that the war on cops is no longer a Cold War. This is to say that the war on cops is no longer theoretical, is it? Not as of last night. Not not as of the moment that three or four or more gunmen, and they don't know yet, or they're not telling us yet, authorities are not yet telling us, but when a bunch of gunmen from apparently, evidently, street, car, and office buildings triangulate semi-automatic rifle fire on police officers, killing five or six with an equal number or more whose life hangs in the balance right now in uh, Dallas hospitals, that's a slaughter. That's an assassination. That's the Valentine's Day massacre. That's the Godfather. That's an assassination. And the only thing that surprises me about it is that sub-scum like this would have the brains to figure (laughs) out how to do anything that required planning or tactics or anything like that. Of course, then a, a surprise attack on innocent people from fairly far away when they are open to attack because they're busy protecting other people for a living. It's really not that hard to do, is it? And it's certainly a manifestly cowardly thing to do. Well, last night was the deadliest attack on American law enforcement and on America, really, since September 11th, the original. And we're here to talk about it. Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network. In the next 19 seconds, you could sell your home. Okay, it's, I mean, it's not going to sell your home, I mean, this, but it, you're going to take a big step toward getting it sold. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com and find an agent selected by my team, a professional who shares your values and speaks the truth. Sell your home fast and for the most money. Get moving at realestateagentsitrust.com. This is the Jay Severin Show. 
Best and brightest, it's very difficult from a production standpoint, uh, given the satellite, the affiliates, and down the line and everything else to uh, not have any music because that's the, uh, technically speaking, that's the opportunity for people to rejoin and you need a little leeway. So the seeming inconsistency uh, between, you know, the decision not to play the theme song at the top of the hour but to play, you know, a piece of bumper music to come back, that's technically necessary. So I just thought I would let you know. So today I will deal in facts and opinions. I just received, I mean, typical of the reaction that makes my teeth hurt is a tweet I just got that said, um, stricter policing in the inner city and and stricter sentencing in the black community is certainly the explanation for why. And I'm going to say why right now. And, you know, I, I don't mean to take crazy risks. And I'm being a little bit ironic here, but not much. It really has come to this. The... The risk one takes by stating a fact. This was unthinkable to me, say, when I was, you know, 10 years old. But now it's a reality that to one degree or another, everyone in the workplace, especially if this is your workplace, you know, you could state a fact and be in trouble. But when stating facts is a disqualifier for this job, then I'm not sure I'm, you know, maybe, maybe I ought to be considering uh, joining the French Foreign Legion or something. But here, here is, I've tweeted out some, in being careful, I'm using government statistics. I'm using the statistics of the Obama administration, Department of Justice. And you can look them up. And all you need to do is is put into your search engine um, commission of felonies by race, crime by race, victims by race, all of that. But I will say now, rather than try to build up to it, as I generally would do, the single most important statistic in the context of racist cops racist cops okay if you have to leave early today permit me to offer you now the single most significant most troubling and saddest fact underlying these this entire storyline this entire tragedy, and I mean Dallas, and I mean everywhere, this is the single most significant fact. Ready? Two parts. Binary, A and B. A, percentage of African Americans of the United States population. Answer, 12.2. Percentage of African Americans that make up 
our population, 12.2. Here is B. Percentage of violent felonies committed by African Americans, 40 plus. Percentage of African Americans in our population, 12.2. Percentage of violent felonies committed by African Americans, 40% plus. Source, current United States government records. Please, please look it up if you doubt me. Please look it up and do consider. And by the way, this is, uh, this, this, uh, is available as a reduction sauce, which I recommend. Uh, This can be distilled, this very sad and troubling statistic that 12.2% of the population commits 40 plus percent of the violent crimes. Okay, here, here is the distilled version. Obviously, the 12.2% of our fellow citizens who are African-Americans, babies and the elderly, and for the most part women, and the disabled, and there are, there are legion categories of our fellow citizens who are African-Americans who are not committing crimes or any crime, for a variety of reasons, starting with they're good people and then extending to various uh, disqualifiers. Too old to be running with a crew. Too young to be running with a crew. You know, uh, have medical problems. Now, this would be true in every population, right? But the distilled version of 12% of the population committing 40% of the uh, violent crime The distilled version is this. If you take the percentage of young men of color who are committing the crime, because the violent crime in America is committed by mostly, vast majority, by young men of color. For the purposes of evidence and argument here, we're saying, you know, between the ages of 15 and 50, and you can get more narrow if you want. But young men of color aren't 12.2% of the population. Young men of color are about 5% of the population. And what percentage of violent crimes does this 5%, circa 5% of our fellow citizenry commit? Well, I have looked this up every year since there were computers. And I have never found a figure lower than 70%. I think the lowest I ever found was 74%. And this is my best recollection. And the highest number I think I ever found was 84%. But what you've really got from an operational standpoint is, is circa 5% of the population committing 75% of the violent crimes. And and someone, in, as I say in this tweet, said to me, oh, yeah, but there are reasons for that. There are many reasons, and they're all heartbreaking, and I'm not being a wise guy. There are many reasons they are all heartbreaking, like racism, like 
bias, like poverty, like broken homes, like broken schools, like broken neighborhoods, like addiction, like everything under the umbrella of, of, of the curse of poverty. Yeah, there are a lot of reasons, but that doesn't diminish the fact that facts are facts. And so that, I think, is the single most significant, saddest, most troubling statistic that underscores everything we'll talk about today. Jay Seven on the Blaze Radio Network. Well, here it comes. Uh, first tweet I received uh, said you uh, you are you claim what you're saying is that a skin color determines commission of crime. Uh, and my response to that is no, no. To the person who wrote this, I said no. You infer what you're hearing. The problem is. Your hearing and your IQ and your prejudice, your bias, not what I'm saying. You infer that that's what I'm saying. I am not saying that. I do not believe that, nor have I stated it, nor have I implied it, nor will I, because I don't believe it. So my problem is not what you hear. My problem is what I say. And gee, thanks a lot. But I have enough. It's a full-time job defending what I say. I don't need to take on the job of defending what you think you hear. The facts are continuing to break fast and furious in the Dallas police slaughter. Um, Here are a couple you may or may not have known. Did you know that the assassination of these police officers took place just a few blocks from the Dealey Plaza location where JFK was assassinated. Did you know that at least two of the shooters, according to current testimony, evidence, information, at least two of the shooters were shooting from office building windows above street level? Again, not... Tremendously unlike uh, the uh, JFK tragedy. Did you know that the 43-year-old father, transit officer, who was assassinated, just one of the victims, was a former United States Marine? Semper Fi. And how utterly unsurprising, how utterly unsurprising that a hero would die a hero's death. And I say again, who was the running crowd there to heap scorn upon, to call them racists and pigs and all the worst things in the world? The same people who the moment the first shot was heard 
expected the police to stand in front of the bullets, between the bullets and the people who were there to call them racists. You're a pig and a racist. I hate you. Now, quickly, lay down your life for me. Um, the shooters use semi-automatic weapons. Uh, as you know, they don't know. They we really don't know how many people. Uh, we 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 think there are four people in custody, three or four people in custody, and one dead. And we're not going to know for a while what the police really think, for obvious reasons. You don't announce. And again, I'm not going to get into this for two reasons. I don't know what I'm talking about, although I've been pretty close to law enforcement all my life, uh, having lost an immediate family member in the line, uh, killed by a fleeing felon. And... uh, and my best friends, and a lot of other things, you know, so I've just paid attention to it. But I don't, that doesn't mean I know a thing. And so that's one reason I won't get into the particulars. The other is, we don't know the particulars, because the police are not going to give us more particulars than are absolutely necessary, because they may be looking for more or fewer or other people than, you know, is being reported right now. Now, We do know on the record, as announced by the police chief of Dallas, uh, Chief Brown, who, by the way, is African-American. Imagine an African-American agreeing to be the boss of all these racist killer cops. It's amazing to me. Some people will do anything for all that money, right? So we know in the the on-the-record conversation that was shouted back and forth between police negotiators and the one dead suspect, we know that he said, I'm upset about Black Lives Matter. Okay, me too. I mean, maybe, maybe I got this guy wrong. He's upset about Black Lives Matter. I'm upset about Black Lives Matter. But I have a feeling that maybe he was upset in a different way. He also said, uh, while still drawing breath, that he, uh, he was troubled about shootings involving police and black men. You know, maybe I got this guy wrong. I'm concerned about shootings between police officers and black men. For two sets of reasons. But I have a feeling maybe he was only upset on one level, in one dimension. And the uh, dead suspect, well, the now dead suspect, said, as uh, by now I think you know, quote, I want to kill white people and especially white police officers, end quote. Again, quote, I want to kill white people and especially white police officers, end quote. Hmm. I wonder what he means by that. 
Wonder what he means. Don't you wonder what he means by that? Uh, the mainstream media does. I mean, is this this is a is this a hate crime? Is this a hate crime? Or is it a love crime? Like the love boat. Is this a hate crime? Oh, and um PS the now dead suspect, you know, claimed Black Lives Matter, claimed fealty to Black Lives Matter. And I just, you know, couldn't help but think what would happen, what does happen when there is a murder and it's the murderer or murderers or are, are white and they... They find in the trunk of his car a T-shirt with the Confederate flag on it. Or his car radio is tuned to talk radio. Or, or God forbid, he once attended a tea party rally. Whoa! Whoa! What happens when that happens? And did they try to... Is the media right now assigning investigative reporters to find out did this guy belong to the tea party did this guy belong to does he own a confederate flag t-shirt you know is his home and car radio tuned to rush limbaugh uh, uh all these things that generally excite and offend them and and no maybe not okay are are they trying to find out whether or not he's a member of the black panthers or he, he, you know, is involved some way, maybe formally with Black Lives Matter. I just, I'm just curious about what they're curious about. That's all I'm saying. I'm curious about what they're curious about. Aren't you? He's upset about the police officer shootings recently involving uh, black men. And I just wonder, could that possibly include that he's concerned that so many young black men, and I don't mean the last two tragedies of this week, which honestly, and I don't know, I don't know, but they they do appear to be bad shootings. They do appear, they do appear, and and again, I don't know, but it's okay, because no one in authority is going to go into a courtroom and quote me on it. But, you know, they do, these these two shootings this week, they, they don't look good, do they? They don't look fair, do they? Now, we don't know, and we don't know. And until we know, we don't know. But I don't want to discount that. But I wonder, is it possible that when this young black man, 25 years old, uh, he won't be 26, uh, said that he was concerned about police officer shootings with black men, could he possibly also have meant, could he also possibly have meant that he recognizes that it's a teeny, tiny, like a, a teeny tiny sliver of a tenth of a percent of police officers who ever do anything wrong. 
and and yet there are young black men involved in violent crime that grossly exceeds their actual number, you know, in the population. Could he possibly have meant that as a young black man, he was concerned about that, that maybe had he lived, he would have lived to say to other young black men, you know, that, that let, let's, let's argue, let's complain, let's demonstrate, but let's also face facts. And the facts include that 99.999% of police officers do the right and heroic thing every day. And we must deal with that fact in order that we have any credibility, you know, when we demonstrate or, or complain. Is that fair to say? Right back. This is Jay Febron on the Blaze Radio Network. This is Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network. Sorry, stepped on my own uh, production there. Best and brightest. Again, I I do this not to whine or complain, but just uh, ironically to show you that I do respect the criticism that I get. So I repeat it. And uh, more selfishly, I defend myself. And so, uh, again, based on criticism received momentarily uh this notion that i am reporting hateful rhetoric i'm not a reporter what i have done is to cite oh i'm sorry shame on me i'm not a reporter what i've done is to cite statistics reported by the united states government they're online. I didn't write them. Talk to them. <laughs> you know, I mean, what, what do you think? T- I can't tell you the percentage of anybody or anything. I have to go, I have to go research that, as you do. So in this case, research is limited to a very uh, easy act. It's just going online and looking it up. I mean, I'm surprised, frankly, they still report it, but they do. The Obama Justice Department reports the commission of crime by race. And if you put into Google or any search engine, if you put in commission of felonies by race, commission of violent felonies by race, you know, U.S. felons uh, by race, uh, or anything else like that, any breakdown by gender, by race, by any demographic, they have it. They offer it. They probably have to do it by law because it's politically incorrect. The statistics, the results are very politically incorrect, but they're there. And I just want to make it clear. I'm not claiming or reporting anything. You know, when, I'm, when I am proffering an opinion, you know. You know it's an opinion. When I say according to, and I've never mentioned a single statistic in uh, in. On Twitter or here before the microphone, if I offer you any statistic about any number or anything, 
I'm, I always give you the source. And the source is the United States government. The, Department, the, the Obama Department of Justice says these things. I couldn't possibly know what they are, nor could you. Only the government could compile such statistics, such background information. So if you, if you have a problem with who is committing crimes right now and at what rate and all of that, I can understand that the facts are painful. But facts are stubborn things. Among their most stubborn quality is they're facts. And you can look them up. So I'm not report I'm not a reporter. I'm not reporting anything. I'm just directing your attention to what is being reported by the United States government. Okay? The BBC when they started to report this had uh, a couple of witnesses on tape they played which I didn't hear in American media that said uh, a lot of people this is a guy who was there talking he said a lot of people were running away but saying good this is what the cops deserve I hope that is untrue this is Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network Best and brightest, we are again at the top of this hour on our Friday, though frankly not Friday edition, owing to the circumstances. We we are not going to play theme music. The show starts now. I'm Jay Severin. You're the best and brightest. We're the Blaze Radio Network, 1-888-900-3393. I don't wish to create hear or foster a mournful circumstance necessarily, though we are real, i.e. patriotic Americans, are are mourning. There's no question about that. But it's Friday. I don't wish us to be mournful. I don't I think we want respectful and and you know regretful and sad for our, our loss. But to remember the best parts about our heroes, police officers, the 99.9999999999999999% of them who do the right thing, 99.9999999999999999% of the time. Any opinions, by the way? This is an opinion show. I am an opinion monger put in the rather... A crude characterization, but I am an opinion monger. Are you? one 3393 I'm not sure exactly on what you might have an opinion. On all other days, I, I would kind of know. I, I wouldn't know what your opinion is, but I would kind of know what the direction, the general categories of opinion would be. Today, I really don't know. I don't know, you know... Uh, Police assassinations for it or against it? <laughs> you know, I, I, I don't I don't know where we go with this. Maybe maybe it's the maybe an opinion is the people willing to challenge this automatic politically correct meme 
that the police are racist killers. Uh, that is to say, maybe you wish to criticize me. Fine. One triple eight nine hundred three three nine three. You have the advantage of your uh, brilliant point of view and anonymity. You know who I am, and, uh, and that so you know gives you a certain advantage. And the other thing is, I'm I don't want a fight. I'd like an argument. Have you questioned my thinking? Or anything else, almost anything else, you'll get an argument. Chances are, maybe I'll concede your point. The only way you get a fight is if you question my motives, which you are free to do. All right. Uh, Heather McDonald, who I actually uh, met, she was uh, uh, at Yale and a few years ahead of me. I met her, and she wouldn't remember, I'm sure, but she has been a a brilliant polemicist, uh, opinion monger, if you will. And she's written a new book, and I believe it's called The War on Police. And uh, uh, Rush today had her as a guest. He not only had a guest, which he, as you may know, he virtually never does, but he had a guest in the first hour which he pretty much literally doesn't do. And he had a guest to open the show in place of his storied monologues. And that may be the first time in 28 years I've, I've heard Rush do that. In any case, because of her new book and because of the current circumstance, uh, he invited her on and she said some interesting things that Again, I'm not reporting to you because I'm not a reporter. I am passing along to you that I heard something today or read something that might be of interest to you. And and that includes Heather McDonald on uh, Russia's show today. And she said, among the statistics and studies, she's a scholar. And a writer, and and she is a scholar on civics, on public policy. And one of the studies she cited was, and I'm paraphrasing here because I, I was trying to take notes and listen at the same time at a hundred things going on as usual, and as you do too, but over a course of a career... Black police officers, and again, why do I even cite this? Would I have like chosen this as a topic today? No, this is a response to the meme, to the false, to the libelous storyline of racist killer cops. I am trying to make an argument. I am trying to defend them. And I'm proud to defend them. So, I mean, this isn't a race show, as you know. So, because I don't care. Other people evidently care greatly. In fact, they are wearing race-colored glasses. I'm going to trademark that. Wearing race-colored glasses. I like that. I like it. 
I don't like it, but I rhetorically, it's great. I'm going to market it. Unfortunately, there will be a market. All right. Over the course of a career, African-American police officers are 330 times, 330 times more likely to use their gun in a confrontation with the public than white police officers. This is not a theory. This is not a theorem, even. This is what they call a fact. At least, according to Heather, the, the public policy scholar Heather McDonald in, in, uh, in her new book, black police officers over the course of a career are 330 times more likely, were, are, 330 times more likely to use their gun in a confrontation with the public in the course of their duty than are white officers. If that's true, and I have every suspicion it is, since it's in uh, uh, Heather McDonald's book, if, for the sake of argument, it's true, what does that mean? I don't know. But I know I know why I cite it. I cite it because, again, the really ugly, libelous meme here is that cops are regularly, fundamentally, mostly even, maybe, psycho-racist killers. And if, if someone buys into that meme, if someone buys into the meme of the mainstream media that typical law enforcement, or let me rephrase if I may, that law enforcement in the United States is typified by the two very ugly and very suspect, extremely suspect shootings we saw earlier this week. There are people arguing that that typifies law enforcement. That's typical. That's common. Whereas the fact, the fact is that it it isn't. Another another fact cited in Heather McDonald's new book is that, and again, I I paraphrase, uh, let me see here. This one I really may have bollocksed. I see I'm all over the place here, my notes. Let me see if I can get it right. Um, Now, I'm not even going to do this because I don't, I, I was very impressed by the numbers, but it involved a multidimensional, uh, I can't, I can't do this because I might get it wrong and it's too sensitive. I'll wait, I'll find out and I'll tell you. Let me go on to the next one. <clears throat> Heather McDonald's thesis is, and maybe this is the most important thing, the notion that law enforcement or law enforcers are racist is absolutely ludicrous. The fact is, and those of you who have heard this will understand it, and and if you haven't heard it, you're going to love it, because I'm not smart enough to have been an economics major. My advice to you, to your children, be an economics major. 
I mean, go to a good school and be an economics major. But in economics, one of the fundamental principles is money goes where it is most welcome. Money goes where it is most welcome. Money will go where it's treated the best. Okay? And yes, does he mean what I think? Yeah, that's what I mean. That's what I mean. Where it's treated best, where it makes money, where it's unregulated or least regulated, where it can make more money. Money goes where it's treated best. That's why it's so hard for governments to control with tariffs and all these other things, because money goes where it's wanted. Money goes where it's best treated. Okay, using that same fundamental fluid dynamic, Heather McDonald makes the point that police respond to crime and to criminals. Where do you find police officers? Why is it that so often there is a story about a white police officer and a black suspect? And the answer is because heartbreakingly because of poverty racism you know already opposite ibid as aforementioned yes there are a hundred heartbreaking reasons but the fact remains the same that the lion's share of violent crime in this country is consistently over the last 30 years maybe more being committed by young men of color by what is actually a tiny portion of our population Yes, poverty, racism, many explanations. It is heartbreaking. All of that is true. But it's what's true is also true. And the police go where the crime is. So where you're going to find police is around criminals. And so these confrontations occur because just of a law of dynamics, of, of civic dynamics, if you will. Be right back. The Jay Severin Show, only on the Blaze Radio Network. Is the Jay Severin Show on the Blaze Radio Network. one 888 which Nadine from the Commonwealth has uh, has dialed. Nadine, did you know you were dialing this show, or is this the wrong number? No, I knew I was dialing this show. <laughs> you are most welcome. Just teasing. Welcome to you. Thank you, Jay. I have been listening to you for longer than I even want to admit. Um, I love your show, and I can't believe I actually got through, and I'm speaking with you. So this is very oh, well, exciting. You're very kind. Thank you. And I, I love your, I don't know if I mentioned it recently, I love your judgment and taste. <laughs> well, I love yours, too. Um, but, but the reason I'm calling is I'm listening to you today, and, you know, I've had this question, and I, I listen to the news reports about all these illegal shootings and all these murders, and you never hear... You never hear them report where these where where these criminals are getting their guns if they've been if they've been acquired legally or illegally and if illegally like where are they getting them because every time we have something like this happen 
everybody gets on their, you know, soapbox and starts talking about more gun laws, more gun laws, more gun laws. Right. And right. we have enough gun laws on the books. We really do. Um, uh, roughly, by last count, uh, circa 22,000 if yeah. you uh, yeah. compile state and federal uh, laws, about 22,000 gun laws we have. Yes, yeah, so, so you have even more, more def- definitive information than I do. But we have, I think we have adequate gun laws on the books at this point. Um, I would say, yeah. So, so now, you know, we have people wanting to put in, you know, enact more laws so that less people can get guns. But I'd like I'd, I'd like somewhere for it to get reported where these people who are doing these, you know, killing the cops and, you know, doing all these murders in Chicago and everywhere else. Where are they getting the guns? Are they, are they really getting them? Are they really going like the legal process to get a gun? And, you know, if not, that's maybe where we want to start targeting our, our energies. You know, I was listening to you just a few minutes ago, and you were talking about all these statistics that are on the books, all statistics about, you know, how many people of color commit, you know, which crimes. I'd like to know if there's even a statistic about what percentage of these murders are are taking place with legal versus illegal guns, and where the legal guns come from. It's a great great question, Nadine. It cuts really to the quick of the matter. And, uh, And I'm sure there is... Uh, I'm sure there must must be. Uh, and, and why does no one bring it up when they're when they're you know, uh, you know the NRA is talking about you know we want to keep our guns and 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 so do I, um, but we're not we're not addressing we're not addressing that that You're particular right. question. You're right. I think if I may if I may yes I, I think the reason just just opinion here. I would opine that the reason for your frustration is that you're I think you're a little bit at loggerheads with yourself. I think both of your both of your stated rationales are correct and your reasoning is sound and and your motives pure, but I think you're a little bit your own worst enemy in this argument because I think one of the factors here or the factor is not the gun itself. It's the criminals. Right. You know, again, as, as, as you'll hear people say, you know, I went out to dinner last night and I've repeated this. I stole it from somebody, but I, you know, I went out to dinner last night and again, my guns did not sneak out uh, and kill anybody and come home and, you know, on their own. And, and that's meant, you know, obviously it's a glib remark, but it's meant to illustrate that it's really not the gun, it's the criminal. And I, it also sub-illustrates that... You know, they should be taking Nadine, cars away the, from people, right? I mean, yeah, cars yes, are killing people too. Yeah. So, you These know, people are going to get cars. guns. The point is, the vast majority of gun crime is, gun crime is committed by illegal guns. And that is a worry. It's a problem. But you're never going to stop people who want to get a gun from getting a gun. I mean, I know it's, 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 it's susceptible to being mocked as the most simplistic, moronic thinking in the world. But the bumper sticker happens to be sound. If criminals 
uh, if all, you know, what is it? If, if, if guns are criminal, only criminals will have guns. It's Jay, true. I agree with you a hundred percent. I don't know where you're, where you're hearing my, my, my indecision here. Um, but no, I agree with you a hundred percent, a hundred percent. So, yeah, I just don't know where we start. What do we do? do, You know, what do we do? The killer in Orlando had a gun license, right? The, the young man who was killed and maybe in law, well, not murdered, but in law, that's probably seems to me is going to end up being uh, manslaughter in the first or second degree. Uh, and you know, which is kind of murder. So, I mean, because th- that young black man in the car, uh, whose girlfriend, right, uh, yeah. was recording yeah. it, he, yeah. he was licensed to carry. So his right. was not an illegal weapon. We don't know yet about the young black man in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. He had a gun. I'm going to bet you that that one was illegal. And the vast majority of them are illegal. But I don't know where we go to solve that problem. Um, Nadine, I've got to run because the satellite. I'm very grateful to your calling for your calling, and hope you will uh, make something of a habit of it here. I'm Jay Severin. I'll be right back. Jay Severin, the Blaze Radio Network. Best and brightest. Please follow Nadine's sterling example and admire me. No, I'm 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 joking. Uh, but do follow Nadine's sterling example in calling one triple eight and having great issues. Great question. One triple eight nine hundred three three nine three. I think we're going to transition a little bit here. In the time remaining to us, unless, of course, you do call one triple eight nine hundred three three nine three and determine the subject. You steer the boat. Otherwise, let me uh, theoretically close out the uh, this awful subject of the assassination the other assassination in Dallas this one of police officers uh, with two observations uh, slash predictions one is how long will it be until Al Sharpton and Jesse Jackson show up it's almost a rhetorical question I mean if you if you were to call me and say they're already there Turn on the TV. Uh, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised. And if you were to wonder, gee, ought they be in such a rush to show up to a place where the only known defendant so far said, quote, I want to kill white people, especially white police officers, end quote. Verbatim quote. I mean, would you 
hurry up and catch the very next plane to go to a location to defend that person? Well, that, you know, it doesn't matter to them. They don't care what you think, right? Please consider, no matter how ugly, awful, stupid what Jackson and Sharpton say, and everything they say is ugly, awful, divisive, stupid. They are professional racialists, not racists, though they may well be, and we could debate that. Good luck debating that they're racialists. That's what they do for a quote-unquote living. They are racialists. Okay. And again, maybe they're there already. I don't know. The uh, The other one is, the only, I don't know, I don't think I can say good news. I'd like to. That's what I mean. Just don't tell anybody, okay? But. What I'm feeling in my heart is that what I'm about to say is the only good news. But the only news that came out of this gruesome situation in Dallas overnight, the only thing that made me <clears throat> I'm not going to say smile, but why don't I just say it? Uh, <clears throat> was the neat way they waxed the sub-scum that they did kill. The defendant they did kill was screaming racist epithets for hours, including, I'm here to kill, I want to kill white people, especially white police officers, and other such stuff. And then every once in a while jumping up and firing at police officers. The police negotiator, the professional negotiator, uh, thusly negotiated with this uh, madman for hours and was able to, to universal acclaim, by the way, well, all right, not universal, to wide acclaim, was able to, uh, was able to uh, solicit from the madman certain things that were material to the case. And the one was, I am here to kill white people, especially uh, white police officers, and, and other things. But he also said, I'm here alone, which is, which appears so far to be an utter, you know, fabrication. But the negotiator did the best job he could do according to the people who make judgments about such things. But at the end of it, it was his judgment and the behavior of the madman that persuaded police that they didn't have any time left to talk. As uh, Chief Brown of the Dallas Police Force said, to, to, at that point, not aggressively neutralize him would have placed more police officers in grave danger. Those are his words. Would have placed more police officers in grave danger. Now, what are we willing to do as a matter of policy to place police officers in grave danger? Nothing! Pardon me. Nothing. 
So what they did, which I think is kind of neat, is for the first time I ever heard of, they used their little bomb disposal robot, their little R2-D2. And, and the little thing rolled up, and they put a little surprise birthday cake in R2 in in the in the robot's hands and wheeled that little baby right up to the gunman i don't know what he was suspecting i i don't doubt that he was so stupid that he thought it was food or uh he had won the publisher's clearinghouse or something. He, I, I don't doubt that he was stupid enough to expect it was something good. But what it was, of course, was, we don't like to call them this when we build them, but it was an IED. <laughs> it's what it was. And, and we, we, we put an IED, uh, the, good, the good guy IED, we put that on the little R2-D2. <laughs> And rolled it up and blew it up and blew him up. So after an evening of just awful news, uh, I can say hearing that, I don't know, made me stop weeping for a moment or so. But there's really nothing good that can be said to come out of this, is there? One triple eight nine hundred three three nine three. The 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 only thing that's good that comes out of this is an opportunity for the intelligent among us to discuss sensitive facts appertaining to the civic circus maximus. And this, my radio family, is as sensitive and important as it gets. If if we permit. If we allow the stupid to dominate the conversation because they're louder and because the mainstream media wants want a story, if we permit the Al Sharptons and the various street gypsies uh, connected with Uh, some of these uh, uh, community organizer groups, if we permit them to dominate the conversation and define the terms, then we've had it. You know, this is one of those times where law enforcement, law enforcement itself is in the witness box. Let's not kid ourselves. This is going to be a dominant recollection this is going to be a defining moment in the lives of some adolescents right now depending on how old you are or how smart you are you know you the, the, we're we're talking about a defining moment that is going to sort of give you the impression for the rest of your life pretty much or for a good portion of it what you think police do and what it is you think police are, and what law enforcement is, and whether they're psycho, racist, killer cops, and all of that. And I just think that a moment like this is so extremely important, an opportunity for us uh, 
to discuss this, to defend our point of view, to articulate our point of view, to get out there and say, no, no, no. And it isn't easy. I mean, don't kid yourself about this. I have done this all my life. And all my life, the biggest mistake, the smartest, best people I have known have made is that they assumed that because the facts were on their side, that other people were reasonable and would see the facts and that we would prevail because the facts were on our side. That is a fairy tale. It, it, it ought to be the way life works, but it isn't currently the way life works. I don't see, as part of my a political weather forecast, by the way, for this weekend, I'm not predicting that that kind of weather front is going to move in. Reason is not predicted for this weekend. It's not predicted for any time soon. So when something as important as when someone calls 911 and the cop shows up and the police officer is assassinated, because that's evidently what's happened in Missouri in just the last several hours. A police officer responded to a 911 call. It was a setup. The minute he got out of his car and showed up at the 911 scene, he was assassinated. Now, the minute you, st- the minute police officers hesitate or stop responding to 911, the minute police officers understandably hesitate or stop going into your garage or basement at 3.30 a.m. because you're worried there's someone down there with a gun or a club or a knife, then who suffers from that? This is the opportunity and the obligation we have under these circumstances to articulate what we believe to be right. Jay Severin, the Blaze Radio Network. Severin Show, only on the Blaze Radio Network. Best of brightest, Jay Severin with you, welcoming in the closing moments, Rock A. Rocky, you know better than to call this late, so it must be important. No, I uh, I just wanted to kind of touch base with you in that uh, <clears throat> yesterday we were going to talk about uh, Hillary's emails. and Yes. Isn't and we it, will on it, Monday, I promise. I have all kinds of oh, updates cool. for that. That'd be awesome. Then I'm just going to kind of set my ideas aside on there. Good. No, well, no, bit. no. It's good to hear your voice, number one. Well, it's great to hear your voice, too, Jay. Um, something maybe for people to ponder is uh, what what is the difference? How, how do we split the hairs? This almost goes to what you were saying about, you know, being prosecuted or not being prosecuted. Uh, kind of the shoes on the other foot with Hillary. She has the uncanny ability when all of the facts point to the fact that she's guilty, somehow somebody steps out there and tries to explain things away. 
uh, I don't understand the whole how Comey's so caught up in intent. And what's the difference between extremely careless and criminal negligence? There anyways? There, there, your, your question is exactly the right legal question, and I do know enough about the law to say that definitively. Comey's case is the statute was written and last used in 1917, and he believes that over the wear and tear of time, the fact that virtually no one, there's one case, but he claims that the the, the law would, wouldn't apply here. Maybe one case over a hundred years that the wear and tear of not using this statute, like anybody else who's been prosecuted in any other you know, spy case or anything like that, there was intent there, and it was easy to show intent. He is making this up out of whole cloth. The, the yeah. worst thing about what Comey is doing is that he's trying to write the law. The law specifically provides that intent is not a necessary dimension of this. Indeed, because intent can never be proven in white-collar crime. Right. And what was the last thing that they said about, uh, did you ask her about this? And he said no. And he, and they said, why not? And he said, because nobody asked me to. What right. was that? that? Her congressional testimony, which yeah. contains, so, I believe the perjurious lies that sunk her husband, and that if they provide that, he may have to reconsider his recommendation. I mean, we can only hope. Rocky, you know know the clock as well as I do, and I have to jump, but uh, maybe you'll think of, I know you're really busy, a man of the earth as you are at this time of year. Uh, but maybe you could call us on Monday. But we'll be back to Comey and Hillary, even if Comey ain't, on Monday. God bless. The Jay Severin Show, only on the Blaze Radio Network.